African savannah on safari, looking for... Mike, is that a lion stalking us? I think it's something much scarier. It's a search term report, and someone has keywords with 150% ACOS. Oh no, they never added any negative keywords. Oh, and it looks like all their bids are just $3. No bid optimization? We're in trouble. We need to do something about this giant ACOS, but I don't know if we can do it alone. Oh no, it's the Ad Badger. Should we run? No, no, no. The Ad Badger can save us. He'll rip that high ACOS to shreds with bid optimization and negative keywords. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Brett from Ad Badger, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast, and your source for all of the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. What is going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation? It is Mike here, as always, this week, delivering some great Amazon PPC info to you. And I am joined by Steven. Steven, how is everything on your end? Man, things are great. It is uh, definitely cooking up the heat out here. And uh, I feel like I'm getting ready to pass out as we enter August. Yes. You know what? Ad Badger has entered finally after months and months and months of trying, we finally accomplished an incredible feat. I think we're a real startup now because now we brought Super Smash Brothers into the office. That's right. Now we're, we had some, uh, our Wi-Fi was down for a little bit, so we killed time with <laughs> playing some Smash Bros as a team. That's right. Uh, so we, in fact, speaking of more Ad Badger-y news, uh, we actually have two new team members who are joining us this week. So shout out to Kyle and Jeff uh, out there in the team Badger. Um, Kyle, new digital marketer, new Amazon PPC professional, and Jeff, senior engineering manager. Really great positions. It's awesome. Yeah, we're stoked to have them. Mm -hmm. And just a quick reminder, if you have questions about Amazon advertising, uh, some maybe you want to get something clarified that we maybe mentioned on the show, or maybe there's a topic that you'd like to see us talk about, at badger.com slash voicemail. We would love to hear from our podcast audience. And I think podcasting by far has become my favorite medium to produce more than blog posts, uh, even more than videos in some ways. I feel like the podcast audience is really special because like blogging and YouTube videos, it's like people are searching, search, 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 search. They see it, they get the info and they leave. Whereas the podcast audience, like this is a pretty special gift everyone out there is sort of giving us the opportunity to talk to them for 30 minutes a week and we really appreciate it. Thanks are, everybody out are, there. Are you a big podcast listener yourself, Michael? I am. Where do you, where do you listen to podcasts? When you're driving, at the gym? Uh, so all, no, at the gym, that's like s- mental break time. I don't want to like really learn anything mm-hmm. at the gym. Uh, also I, I do CrossFit, so I can't really listen to podcasts <laughs> when I'm CrossFitting. No, um, th- often cooking, cleaning, okay. cooking and cleaning, uh, walking the dogs and, uh, driving to work. Those are the, those are the podcast times. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. Right on. Do you listen to podcasts? Well, uh, yeah, folding laundry is definitely like the optimal yes, time for podcasts. No doubt. Yes, for sure. Uh, what's your favorite non-digital marketing podcast? Uh, I don't really listen to... Oh, so, well, I really like Ben Shapiro's podcast. Okay. I think it's a good one. Cool. I have a lot... I have friends that 
have talked about that. I haven't gotten into it. I like Reply All. Have you heard of those? No. It's a story about the internet. It's like a podcast about the internet. I should probably listen to more podcasts. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Um, Let's jump into what we are talking about this episode, which are things that Amazon does really well, better than Facebook, better than Google. We're going to touch on four key areas that as Amazon PPC marketers, we should feel really privileged that these things are so advanced on Amazon advertising. You know, sometimes the show, we can often share a lot of gripes uh, about the platform, like things that we wish were available to us. We can optimize more, faster, better. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to touch on four areas that Amazon advertising does really well, and then some areas where Facebook and Google do it better, uh, areas for Amazon to improve. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So the first thing that I think Amazon absolutely crushes Google ads and Facebook ads, and I mean, when I say crushes, I mean like to a big degree, is I I sort of have this idea called like the $100 test. Meaning if you had just $100, and it could be of course any number, 100, 1,000, 10,000, whatever it might be, but if you had just $100 and you had to decide, am I gonna spend it on Facebook ads, Google ads, or Amazon ads, And the number one best spot, like the surest bet would be Amazon advertising, Uh, simply because the CPCs are most desirable, the conversion rates are most desirable, the average expected returns, all of these things are most desirable. Uh, Whereas on Google ads, you know, the range from one Google shopping campaign to the next or a search text campaign to the next search text campaign, or even on Facebook, the variance is so huge that on Amazon, it's fairly centered around its averages. So without a doubt, if I just had my last $100 to spend, it's going to be on Amazon advertising. Whereas on Google, Facebook, the fluctuations, the CPCs, I mean, Google has CPCs that are up to like $50, $60, $70 for certain keywords, where, and Facebook can be be a little bit of a crapshoot. Like, is this campaign going to take off? Is it not? I have to do so much split testing. Uh, But just straight up, people ready to buy, boom, that's Amazon. So that's a huge thing about Amazon. Right. The conversion rates that we've said before on the show, they're they're about triple on Amazon than what they would be on like a Google ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason for that is, and um, even like Michael, you and uh, Kiri Masters were saying last week, uh, Amazon advertising is very specifically um, bottom of funnel advertising right. because these are shoppers, right? They're already there to buy. They're already in the store. You just got to put your product in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Google ads, you know, people have all kinds of different intents. Um, a lot of times someone's just looking for more information. They're just trying to do research. Yep. Um, and another thing is actually a lot of people on, on Google, they'll, uh, they'll do their search on Google, maybe find a store that has it and then go and actually go into the store and purchase it. So you don't actually right. see that data, you know, you know, mm-hmm. digitally. Like an offline conversion. Mm-hmm. Right. So with Amazon though, when people are searching on Amazon, they're not going to a store afterwards. Right. They're buying it on Amazon. So you, you definitely, um, just have better measurability there as well. Mm-hmm. And I bet even if there was like, you know, you start to see like Amazon grocery stores starting to pop up here and there. I almost would bet that like because Amazon is like a digital first company that even that I'd bet the off online to offline conversion on Amazon is going to be so much better than Google's off online to offline conversions. So Right. And I do think it's actually very, very ironic what Amazon's doing with building these brick and mortar stores because mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm a book lover myself. I like I'll always opt for a paperback over a Kindle or mm-hmm. whatever. 
And uh, it made me so sad when like Barnes and Noble was going out of business because Amazon put them out of business. And once all the Barnes and Nobles are gone, one of the first things Amazon does is they <laughs> open up in downtown Austin, uh, a brick or not downtown, but at the domain in Austin, a brick and mortar bookstore, mm-hmm. Amazon bookstore. And, and that's just wild to me. You know, as humans, we're never satisfied. We're it's never like, satisfied. It's like, oh man, why would I want to go to a bookstore? Let me, I can just buy this online. And then, then it's like, I want to go look at this at a bookstore. Right. It's like our phone sizes. It's like they make the phone bigger and we want that. And then they make it back to the original size. And we're like, whoa, it's smaller. I want mm-hmm. that. I'm still waiting for my like Motorola Razor throwback phone. They're going to bring it back. I'm ready. It's going to sell out. Best phone ever. Um, Let's move on to point number two of something that Amazon does really, really well. Uh, I don't know if Amazon marketers know this, if they've never done Google ads, but on like on Google ads, Google shopping is essentially just an automatic sponsored product campaign in the sense of you put your product there and that's it. You, there's no keywords to pick. There's not much uh, segmentation analysis that you can do. You just sort of set it up and you launch it. And there's some nuanced ways to get the most value out of Google Shopping campaigns. But for the most part, it operates kind of like an automatic sponsored product campaign. And you know, if you talk to someone who only does Google Ads and you tell them that, hey, on Amazon, you have automatic sponsored products, which operate just like Google Shopping, but then you can actually take the search terms that convert really well, peel those out, stick those into a manual sponsored product campaign, and you get the same good ad type that like looks like a product ad, except now you get to bid aggressively just on the keywords that convert really well. That is not a concept for Google Shopping Ads, which is... Absolutely crazy. So this is something that Amazon has done so, so well. It's relationship between its automatic sponsored products and its manual sponsored product. The whole concept of taking the terms that convert really well, sticking those into a manual campaign, increasing the bids, getting aggressive on all the search terms that convert really well. Amazon does really well with their automatic manual sponsored product product, their right. sort of ecosystem. Definitely as far as shopping ads goes, uh, there's no one better than Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I was actually just uh, was testing out something the other day, and I typed tote bags into uh, Google, and you definitely see those shopping ads that pop up. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think that those people weren't able to bid on tote bags and mm-hmm. adjust their bids on if someone says tote bags for men, you know, maybe increase your bids a little bit more. They have no control over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can't do that kind of bidding optimization based on the search queries. It's, it's actually kind of shocking. You know, I wonder like, Will Google ever make their shopping ads, you know, keyword targeted? Is is that a thing for them? Uh, no. And in fact, they're moving even further away from keyword targeting them. They're like removing some of the granularity that you can do currently. Um, so it's actually pretty darn interesting. Also, follow-up question for you, Stephen. Are you get me a tote bag? A little gift? Oh, uh, well, I didn't want you to find out. But oh, man. It's for your birthday. <laughs> People on the podcast, hear, all, hear the info first. Thanks so much, Stephen. <laughs> really appreciate that. Uh, the third thing that Amazon does way better than Google and Facebook, bulk files. Now, bulk files, I think are... You know, it's funny, Stephen, you were working on a bulk file the other day uh, for a VIP customer of ours, and... You were showing someone on the team who who uh, is new to bulk files how to get the most value out of it, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like uh, jumping right into the deep end with bulk files, and you're like, "This is the way that Amazon PPC Amazon PPC should be done." That's right. Um, so tell tell us about your love for bulk files. Uh, why is it why is it such a win for Amazon advertising to have bulk files? 
Yeah, after uh, after actually diving into bulk files, there's been no going back for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we have one client who um, they're on the Kindle direct publishing advertising mm-hmm. platform, and there are no bulk files for painful. And it, I feel like I'm going back into the dark ages when I have painful. to adjust every bid for every keyword individually. Mm-hmm. It it pains me. Um, but I mean, bulk files. I use them for almost all of my operations now. Whether I'm launching new campaigns, doing RPSB. Um, launching new ad groups, moving target. I mean, anything. Mm-hmm. I basically only work in mm-hmm. bulk operations now. So um, part of it's just, there's a lot more that you can actually do with these than like the the Google AdWords editor, that, or I guess Google Ads editor. Mm-hmm. They're kind of offline version um, that is also kind of dealing with spreadsheets. It's supposed to be similar. But one thing that I think just makes um, bulk files um, kind of so much powerful is when you download a bulk file from Amazon, it actually downloads data mm-hmm. with um, all of your keywords and ad groups. So you can actually see exactly how many uh, impressions, clicks, how much ad spend, how much revenue. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually just manipulate all that data and make all your bid calculations right there on the sheet. Whereas with Google, you would actually have to download a, a few different spreadsheets right. and kind of compile it all from there. Right. There's really no one good spot where and Amazon does have this where you can just grab the entire account in a spreadsheet which is just really cool cuz if you have all of that data in a spreadsheet you can make all of the tweaks that you'd want and you can do it pretty fast i mean you're only limited by the speed at which you can use excel so we have an entire podcast episode on bulk files definitely definitely check it out uh I mean, if I had to put a percentage on people that actually use bulk files and understand them well, I mean, I'd probably have to say just like 1% of Amazon marketers um, using, I would say if you're using the web interface for your ad optimization on Amazon, you should be without a doubt using bulk files. Uh, just you can get so much done so much faster and sort of turns you into a high-powered Amazon PPC optimizer. Um, Only way I think you can optimize bids daily well is with a bulk file if you're not using a software tool. Um, Let's move on to the last thing that Amazon does really, really, really well, which is the native view of these ads, uh, the integration to the user experience. Steve, you want to talk to us a little bit about how Amazon embeds their ads, maybe compared to like a Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, and so for people who aren't familiar with the concept of native ads, uh, I think the I could be wrong about this, but I think it was that kind of became really popular idea um, by the guy who's considered the father of advertising in the '60s, David Ogilvy. Mm. Um, he started running like Guinness ad campaigns where they basically planted the Guinness ad in a big kind of poster that you would want to have in your house, which was like how Guinness pairs with different cheeses or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was just a really beautiful looking poster that the average person would want and they were giving them out for free. And the reason why they call it a native ad is because it's it's not intrusive. It doesn't feel like an ad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's invading in your you know personal life. And uh, yeah. just people like, you know, advertisers are shouting at you, buy this thing, buy right. this thing. I'm looking at this thing anyway. Exactly. So that's really become popular. And that's why with like Amazon, or sorry, not Amazon, uh, with Instagram, um, you'll see now a lot of times you'll be scrolling through your newsfeed and um, Instagram ads are now sometimes trying to make themselves look like it's just a friend right. in your newsfeed and, right. and not look like an ad. So Amazon has this perfected because their ads literally are the exact same as a normal product product listing. Mm-hmm. The only difference is it's getting a little paid boost. So it's a sponsored listing, right. um, but you could hardly even call it an ad. Mm-hmm. When I show people 
like make a search on Amazon, you're at the Amazon search result page, you like do a command F on your computer or like a control F, like control find in your browser. And you just start typing in the word sponsored. And it'll say something like 20 words say sponsored. And then like you start hitting enter and it's like highlighting all of these sponsored placements. A lot of times people uh, are just like, what? I didn't know there were so many ads on their search result page. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we're talking about dozens of ads on a particular search page on the top and the, in the middle. I mean, an ad in the middle of search results, Google doesn't have that. Um, you know, Facebook ads traditionally, like, you know that it's an ad and, and you know, people, ad, savvy advertisers make their ads on social look like a post that they would see anyway. But on Amazon, it, it's done by default. There's no, you don't need to waste any creativity muscles thinking about what you want your sponsored product to be because it's literally just like the organic results, which is really incredible, which is sort of related to the $100 test of why it's right. got such great conversion rates and return on ad spends. And a recent survey that was actually put out by uh, another Amazon PPC company, um, they showed that, um, yeah, of the of the thousands of people they interviewed, 66% of Amazon shoppers said they don't even re- recognize the ads. They mm-hmm. don't even like notice them. Right. And another 22% said they notice them, but they don't bother. They're not bothered by them. They think mm-hmm. they're relevant, which leaves only 12% of people who um, noticed the, a little thing that said sponsored and maybe, you know, skipped past it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to have an 88% basically approval rating of ads right. is pretty remarkable. Right. And these are the things that Amazon advertising is doing so well. And I hope they continue to sort of continue to improve this. I hope they can keep CPCs low uh, in sort of that 100 dollar test sort of hypothetical. I hope they can keep their CPCs low. So that's always true. Like I love the fact that it's like Amazon is the best ROI driven ad platform. Uh, I do love the fact of the, the control level that you have on the sponsored products. Bulk files are such a treat to work with. Uh, it's got some quirks, uh, but for the most part, it's, it's really delightful to work with. And then native, the native nature of the ads themselves. I hope Amazon doesn't lose that with t- making their ads seem more like uh, more addy, if that makes sense. Right. And uh, just one final thing um, that I think makes Amazon ads so much better than say Google ads is Google tries to, to they try to do the, the native advertising down where um, a Google ad will look pretty similar to just an organic mm-hmm. listing, except that it says ad next to it. But um, a lot of folks have started to pick up on, you know, they're just looking for more information. And when they click on one of the top links, mm-hmm. it takes them to like an opt-in page where they're supposed right. to sign up for a free trial. It doesn't actually give them the information they're mm-hmm. looking for. Right. And so this creates what uh, we call like consumer anxiety, where people don't know what's on the other end mm-hmm. of this link they're about to click. Like, am I going to be taken to a blog post right. or am I going to be taken to a sales pitch? Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Amazon, there's absolutely no anxiety. If you click on, an, on a product ad, you know exactly what's going to be there. It's going to be the product page. You're not worried about, you know, giving out your email, your phone number to a telemarketer who will call you endlessly. <laughs> right. It's kind of like people know who they're dealing with. They're dealing with Amazon. Exactly. They already have their info. Info's probably stored in there anyway. Let's jump into some things that Google does better. Google, I love your ads support. Uh, it's especially when you compare it to maybe Amazon ads support. Steven, did you know this? Within five minutes, I can get someone probably on the phone or in a live chat talking to me about my Google ads campaigns. And I don't know if you, I mean, 
unless you're a big agency, you have a lot of ad spend. Uh, if you're just an individual seller, it's pretty darn hard to get somebody on the phone in five minutes talking about your ad campaigns. Right. That's that's pretty incredible, actually. It seems unheard of. So I think that is such an incredible thing. We have, I know so many people that will say, hey, why is this ad disapproved? Or, hey, I'm trying to get more ROI out of this. I'm going to like send a quick message to Google Ads. And it's like, you can get support super duper fast. And that is pretty cool. Absolutely. Second thing that Google does really well is the amount of customization you can do built into the platform itself. Uh, have you ever used Google Ads scripts or heard of, or like read about them at all? Yeah, I actually think uh, I would love to. Like, I think Google Ads scripts are some of the coolest things. There's like this one web page I was looking at. It was a hundred of like the most important Google Ads scripts mm-hmm. you would ever need. Um, a lot of them are just made by this one guy. I forget his name. I think it was like, oh, Daniel, Daniel Gilbert. He's mm-hmm. like made like 50 of like the top 100 right. Google ads. He's, he's a Google PPC mm-hmm. coder guy. Right. Um, but yeah, those, those basically are, are for people who aren't familiar. It's basically, you can write a script, um, and you actually need to know code. I don't know code. So I would just right. copy and paste these Right. <laughs> and not write my own, but, uh, you just paste them into the Google ad script console mm-hmm. and you can basically, um, turn your ads to start running programmatically. Mm-hmm. So you can either say, I want to increase bids on the weekends, yeah. or you can say, um, you can actually have your Google ads, like check the weather. And mm-hmm. Hey, if it's, if it's rainy weather, I want to increase my ad budget on my umbrella campaigns right. and, and mm-hmm. just insanely customizable. That's exactly it. You can connect it to a Google sheet and export data periodically to a Google sheet. You could do things like email me if you are scanning my landing pages and see the the word 404, like maybe a landing page went down or something like that. Or if I'm getting a particular HTTP response code as if my website went down, send me a text message. So Google Ads scripts are, I think, one of the coolest and probably the most underutilized, one of the most underutilized items on Google Ads allowing you to, with some pieces of JavaScript and stuff that you can even copy and paste online, uh, that's one of the coolest things about Google Ads. I think it'd be really cool on Amazon Ads if they incorporated something similar similar like that to sort of extend and expand and and sort of, the, the cool part about having Google Ads even having scripts is that it created this community of people that like to tinker with Google Ads. Hey, what if we did do something like it, when the temperature is over 100 degrees in Austin for my ice cream shop, I can change my ad text dynamically based off that. So you're pulling in some weather data, you're connecting it to ad data. That's pretty darn neat. Um, and it's created a community of people that like to share things. So yeah. that's that's a cool part of it. Yeah, and so I really hope Amazon can have that one day, especially as someone who's always looking to, to find ways to make processes faster or easier. Uh, I mean, that's why we even use PPC tools because it's the whole idea of like automation and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But if they opened up a kind of Amazon ad script console where you could actually kind of create your own custom scripts mm-hmm. for um, anything like you mentioned, like you know, changing your sponsored brands based on the, the temperature um, or even just holidays and stuff like that. Um, so you don't even have to create a new campaign every time. You just let it run programmatically. That right. would 
that would be a big game changer for sure. Except the way that a lot of uh, Amazon marketers market, it would be like, here's this one secret script that I use to quadruple <laughs> my revenue in three seconds. Uh, that's what that's what it might be for, for Amazon. Uh, third thing that Amazon does, I'm sorry, third thing that Google does really cool is size and scale. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because Google has had 20 years to get their ad platform down. Google seems to handle very large accounts really, really well. I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of keywords. Um, you know, Stephen, we were talking earlier about a bulk file. Uh, we have a VIP customer. How many items do they have? Like how many individual like actual things are we dealing with? It's well, it's so let's see, it's 200 or sorry, it's two different accounts for this mm-hmm. one client. Um, each account has, I think like over like 200 or 300,000 SKUs. Mm-hmm. And so when you try to download a bulk template, it's not only downloading that many rows for SKUs, but it's downloading all of the keywords for indiv- every individual SKU, every ad group. It's downloading um, performance by placement data. Right. So needless to say, the Amazon web server can't handle it and it breaks every time. <laughs> every, like, so, so I mean, describe what that actually means. What do you mean it breaks every time? Well, when I try to download the the template, it'll say like, uh, it just says failure after mm-hmm. trying for like an hour. So I actually, I have to do my own kind of workarounds and stuff like that. But um, sometimes when, when, when I'm uploading a bulk sheet, um, like just the other day with, with our uh, new digital marketer, we were working on one and we uploaded it. It was 100,000 rows or so. And uh, it said server busy and could only process half of it. So mm-hmm. it took two tries to get the whole thing up. It took us, yeah, it's like we have to give it smaller bites. Right. What, uh, about, what about even downloading a search term report for an account like that? What happens there? Sometimes my computer crashes. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, same thing. Um, it's just everything just is, you know, Amazon just, I don't know if they're fully built out for accounts that size. Uh, I'm sure they will be soon. I know their developer, their development team's working really hard at trying to grow, um, but they definitely have um, some, some issues to sort out. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that comes to mind that Google does really well is just multi-account management, multi-country management, you, you know, if you have one ad account that's advertising in Canada and uh, U.S., that could actually be the same campaign on Google Ads. So you can actually, it has the exact same currency uh, on Google Ads. Uh, and even you can, you, if you wanted to, you can segment the ca- Canadian campaign and the uh, U.S. campaign to two separate campaigns. Or if you're an agency or a freelancer, you have a My Client Center account where you can just see your different clients. You can even go as far to see different campaigns for different clients all in one interface. So the way that Google has built their multi-account, multi-country type ma- uh, management has been really smart. However, on Amazon, even if you want to switch from your, it's impossible to see your U.S. campaigns and your Canadian campaigns at once. And, uh, you know, I mean, we have loads of accounts inside our Amazon account. And I mean, when you're looking for a particular client, Stephen, how hard is it to go and find them? It's incredibly aggravating. Um, is there a search box that you there's can type There's no in? search yeah. box. And if you type, you know, command F um, and type in the name, that only works if they're on page one. If they're on page two, then you're not going to find it. So then you right. got to go to page two. It, it's, it's horrible. It just seems like such an oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be one thing we'd love to see inside Amazon. Better sort of multi-marketplace or multi-country, uh, multi-store reporting. I think that'd be great, especially for agencies and freelancers. Absolutely. 
Google Ads, great reporting speed. Uh, data seems to roll in faster on Google. Almost uh, like instantaneously, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always some kind of delay, but for the most part, it's relatively fresh. Um, so, And I think that's really important too, because when you start to get into really big accounts, it's it's okay with smaller accounts. Maybe they're only spending $30 a day. It's like, oh, you know, or to use the example, they spend 24 dollars a day that's like an average of one dollar an hour but what about you know twenty four thousand dollars where every single hour a thousand dollars is going by and you need to be looking at things and monitoring it you know during prime day are we going to hit our budget or not you know are we maxing out or is it worth the bid increase that we've that we've done do we need to increase budgets more it is very painful to have that data delayed on amazon so i hope that they can shrink that reporting delay on amazon and should we jump into things, some things that Facebook does better? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Now, this first thing that Facebook does better, I think it's, it's definitely one thing that's at the top of my wish list for Amazon ads. It's definitely in the top five audiences. Um, retargeting, demographics, being able to create campaigns specific to a particular audience. I think that'd be huge inside Amazon's self-service ad platform. Uh, could you imagine a campaign that just goes out to previous customers and another campaign that goes out to just completely cold customers, how cool that would be to set up different target A costs for each one. Absolutely, yeah, that would be uh, overwhelmingly powerful just in terms of, um, first of all, just adding complexity to the game, which mm-hmm. I think is fun because in my opinion, the more complex things you get, the easier it is for us to win. Yes. Because <laughs> a lot of people just won't, mm-hmm. a lot of the competitors just won't put in the work. No doubt. Um, but man, I've got to, I mean, Amazon, they're going to get there eventually to have that kind of demographic targeting. And when they do, it's going to be so insanely powerful because mm-hmm. they can see what you've been watching on Prime and right. target things that way. I, I do think before they they kind of get there, they will have to create, I think, because um, a lot of family, I was on a phone with an, with an Amazon rep before, and they said the reason they don't currently do demographic targeting is because there will be multiple families or at least multiple people in a family sharing one account. Uh, and so I, my own family, you know, I've got a mom and two sisters, and so half the products are all female products. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to target me with those because I'm not going to buy them. Mm-hmm. But um, if they were created where you can have different profiles on a family shared account um, so they can s- differentiate my purchase history from the rest of my families, um, my dad doesn't use Amazon, so <laughs> that's why I left him out. Uh, but I mean, that would be insanely powerful, especially based off of what we're viewing. Um, and like we heard last week on um, the Amazon DSP episode, um, you know, even just what web pages you're, you're viewing that are within Amazon's displayed network, all of that can be used to target your demographic. And then you also have a time of day. Then you also have an audience type, uh, maybe an interest type, whatever it might be. And you're just basically able to bid more aggressively on particular audiences if they're going to be in market. I think that could be huge. Um, so definitely audiences, Facebook takes the cake. Uh, or whatever Alexa heard them talking about in the privacy of their home. <laughs> <that's> right. Uh, <laughs> Facebook also has really cool ad types. Uh, you know, story ads are fun. Video ads are fun. Um, Instagram has sort of e-commerce-y ads where you can actually connect your product feed to Facebook Business Manager so that when people are looking at your Instagram ads, you can actually see the products that are in the ad, which is really cool. Uh, I follow G-Shock watches on Instagram and a lot of times in their posts, organic posts even, it'll like have a little button, a little link that I can click on and interact with the product that's in the image, uh, which is really neat. So they have messenger ads, they have lead form ads, they just, they do 
different ad types for different stages of the funnel really, really well. Uh, as far as I know on Amazon, even their top of funnel DSP ads are very kind of like old feeling. Yeah. They're like traditional banner ads as right. opposed to something more engaging and interactive. Mm-hmm. So that I think something that Amazon can grow from learning from Facebook. Absolutely. And we do know that they are kind of beta testing uh, video brand ads that would be basically kind of going in tandem with sponsored brand ads. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be really curious to see once they, they start rolling those out, you know, what's kind of the, how does that, you know, how effective yes. is that? Um, does that drive more engagement? Does mm-hmm. that drive more traffic? Right. So we're really interested to see that happen. The early numbers from video ads on on Amazon are that they're awesome. Uh, it's almost like, think of, like Amazon can almost replace Home Shopping Network. Uh, and I know like, I don't know if you watch Home Shopping Network. I don't. Me neither. <laughs> never have, never had any interest. But for a huge portion of shoppers and buyers, having an on-demand type Home Shopping Network experience where you can you know, watch someone use a cooking tool before you buy the tool. That's awesome. Uh, watch someone use, uh, I was just looking at skateboard wheels. Don't ask me why, but like actually watching somebody use the thing in the video before you buy. Uh, I know that they have video placements that you can put on your product pages, but just from a casual browsing, like, oh, let me just check out what's new in this cooking category. I think that's going to be huge on Amazon. And I mean, early data already says it is. And are you ready to do the last thing that this is probably the biggest one that Amazon needs to fix? Yeah, this would, I, I almost want to say, you know, we, we didn't want to make an episode about griping on Amazon. I think we did that a little bit, but we definitely keep in mind, we, we talked about, we started off what they do better. Right. But one thing that kind of just boggles our minds that Amazon doesn't do is they don't actually tell you um, what your ad quality score right. is even though Facebook and Google, they both have a, a very easy way to kind exactly. of show you that data. Inside Google Ads, let's say I'm struggling with the campaign. I have a whole bunch of keywords. I can actually mouse over the quality score bubble, and it will tell me, this is what we think your landing page relevance is. This is what we think your keyword to ad text relevance is. This is what we think your expected click-through rate actually is. Scale 1 to 10, I can look at that. If I have a, if I have a bad click-through rate, boom, I can go in and optimize my ad text. Uh, if I have a weak landing page, I can go and try to improve the relevance of my landing page in relation to the ad and the keywords that I'm targeting. That's awesome. Same thing with Facebook. If I have a really low engagement, expensive ad, they actually tell me, hey, I can go and improve these ads. Um, How awesome would it be if you knew that directly that Amazon was saying, hey, we're having trouble with your click-through rate. You would know to go and look at maybe your pricing or your product image or your star rating, all the things that actually get the click. I think that'd be huge. That'd be massive. Right. Um, Especially to, if it could like kind of highlight, you know, what are the issues that are going wrong with you or going wrong with your product, whether it's like, you know, your ratings, like really telling you what is it that's hurting you? Because some folks, they could have like, you know, four star ratings, which isn't bad, um, but could still be having a very irrelevant product because either the the title isn't really matching up with the search terms that are coming through, Mm -hmm. um, or at least with the keywords that they're bidding on. So there's a lot of things that go into ad quality score. We even have a a post on our um, blog that kind of talks about, um, you know, I think the blog post is titled like, what is the title? How to improve your ad quality score for for like SEO and ad rank? That might be exactly it. Something about that, and uh, and we have a nice infographic if if you want to check it out. Uh, but it sh- kind of shows you, you know, conversion rates, click through rates, all that stuff that we we 
you know, we know that that's what goes into it based off of just like one common sense, two experience, and three, that's the way Google ads does it mm-hmm. and Facebook ads. Um, but we'd still really love to kind of see that visibly within the advertising console from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And in general, with all of that's being said, with all that room for improvement, I still think Amazon is probably the best place to spend money if you're a brand selling products. And it's the fastest growing one and right. definitely going to be getting more competitive in the future. For sure. So all of these areas, I think the, the you, really the, the main thesis of this episode is that Amazon is really excelling in, li- in just its ad platform itself. They're just They showed up at the right time. They had the right products to grow and really amplify. And I hope they don't lose that into the future. And I don't think they will. I mean, to, to so many people, shopping online is shopping on Amazon. So the the way that they have been intentional about their sponsored products and even their sponsored brands, I think has been really good. And I think ideally it'll continue to grow. And, and I hope they add some of these nuances like audiences and more interactive ad types and being able to support large campaigns at scale. I mean, what are we going to talk about if we don't have any room for improvement? That's right. <laughs> uh, It'll just be more to optimize for sure. Well, that's it for today, guys. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, in the next coming weeks, we're going to be doing another one of those FAQ episodes. So if you've got a question you'd love to hear us answer on the show, go to adbadger.com slash voicemail, and we'd love to hear from you. Have a good one. We'll see you inside the Badger Den.